pretty busy. Had some family stuff. Had a uncle pass away. So. You think? Oh, I'm sorry, brother. Uh, it's it's. Well, he led a good life, so it was a uh, one of my last uncles from my grandfather and farm and stuff. So, but uh, man, staying busy, oh, yeah. staying really busy though. For sure, for sure. Yeah, bro. I've been I've been really busy myself. I actually haven't even had a chance to upload uh, last week's conversation onto uh, podcast index or anything yet. I've just been completely swamped, but. I uh, keep cranking the content out. Nonetheless, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, it is. It, and that's where I'm kind of lacking right now because I'm trying to organize everything as far as the bigger picture. So sometimes the content kind of suffers, but that's what we need right now is this education. I see a lot of stuff coming down, you know, as far as the big picture of everything that we're both trying to, you know, get it get to people to have some awareness about and um it's kind of interesting to see how people disseminate the information that's coming at them and they, there's not a sense of urgency yet but i was talking to some pretty key people the other day and you know i, th I think we're in for a, a, a interesting ride moving forward yeah i think so too bro i think that things are uh, picking up really quickly i think we're going to see a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about in these sort of circles for, for quite some time now. I think they're going to start to really manifest themselves. Well, the, what I'm seeing really is people, you know, they, they don't know how to identify the issues and what I'm really starting to compile is we're in a network war, you know, be it, you know, be it oil and gas, of course, energy war, you know, we know we're in a money war and, you know, now the food war, uh, the food network, the global food network is going to be weaponized in ways people, you know, really don't have any control over if they're still overly dependent on the centralized food systems. And whenever that hits, I think it will hit pretty hard. You know, as, as far as it being a network war, you know, everybody's positioning on a global front and, you know, this is this is definitely comes down to who who can achieve the most leverage on no. their own people to be able to use them as you know the leverage they need to, to gain ground in this uh, shift of power of money and energy no. and food. Stay. Sorry, bro. Just the dogs are just. Uh, my buddy's house here in the garage. What two two big dogs that both uh, my mind's being a little obnoxious. He's trying to keep antagonizing the other one. <laughs> no worries. There. No worries. That's my avatar there. He's a good boy. He's a Dutch Shepherd. I rescued him. Somebody. Oh, yeah. uh, had him for about eight months tied to a tied to basically a post in the yard with a muzzle on so it actually deformed the way his face grew because they had a muzzle on him while like his face was developing just permanently on him and oh, uh choke chain to a post in the yard with no interaction with other dogs no training no interaction with people so i've had him for four months now and he's come a long a long long way but he's a good boy he just he just needs extra attention yeah, um, it's a well. It's it's quite a 
a path you have to go down there and you can turn those dogs into the best friends of because they're they'll always love you and be loyal you know it just takes time how old do you think he is oh he's a year now he turned a year on the new moon then um oh, well. but, uh you i could tell by his teeth when i first got him he's about eight eight months or eight months yeah. old about him or so well you got and, him early uh, enough then that's good yeah yeah exactly i rescued him right off the side of the road actually right off the side of the highway and then i found out his history through some mutual connections <clears throat> so i don't feel bad at all <laughs> yeah i you'll do good you know what's going on so yeah for sure for sure brother yeah man this is uh <clears throat> I, i'm i look forward to doing these on a weekly basis i think we should uh we should definitely do do a deep dive onto you know what's happening in the current current format because it changes week to week man like like what's going on I, I think personally nitrogen and energy is really like you can't ship anything anywhere economically like that's going to really be the, the crunch I, I used to think it was going to be more processing but i think it's really going to come down to be how do you ship outside of your local community right like you have to you have to build resilience within your community because it's it's just going to become uneconomical well, and I'm already seeing that within, you know, with us producing and, and selling beef boxes now online. Um, the biggest, the, the only thing that we've run into is is the shipping, is the logistics. And they're just, they're going to squeeze out everything. And as far as, you know, going national anymore, I just, you're right. I don't see it happening. You better, you know, start with your local communities and and, and secure as much as you can within that local community. And the way to go national now would be to modularize something to basically do it in different locations from the ground right. up. Yeah, hundred percent. I work with a couple of organizations. One's called the Ogallala Commons. I believe I brought them up. You know, and that's what they're doing. They're putting food sheds across the 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 aquifer of the Ogallala, which is a huge aquifer in the Midwest, of course. And so what they, their approach is that they're going to build these food sheds and they are, they've got them all from Kansas, Nebraska, Texas, all the way down, Oklahoma, everywhere. And, and, and it follows the source of water. Of course, if you have no water, you have no food. And so that's kind of their region that they deal with is just over that aquifer. And they're doing, you, you can be your own food shed. You can open up your own food shed. Like my producer, he's going to be a food shed with his animal protein because he's doing fowl, hog, lamb and beef he starts that this week to where he he finally gets his 90 day uh inspection done and he'll be full-fledged but he doesn't want to go out of a 60 mile radius and because it, it wouldn't it would not benefit him it wouldn't benefit anybody that he's serving so you know that's something that people really need to start looking at and if you can get your most of your food sourcings within maybe a 60 to 70 mile radius you're you're basically winning a hell of a lot you know more and you're way ahead of most people because they don't even know how far their food is coming you know and where it's coming from and you know perfect example is like salmon okay you get really good salmon well that salmon actually gets shipped to china they spray some chemicals on it, Alaskan salmon, then it comes back to the United States and then it's shipped from wherever their distribution centers are. And you can go to the grocery store here in Texas and look at catfish 
and that catfish has been raised in America to spawn, and then it's shipped to China as well. They feed it something there that you can't do in the United States, and then they ship it back, and then they put it back into wherever distribution center it is, East Coast, West Coast, and then that goes into basically the model of you know regional tr uh, distribution and everything you know you can't compete with that on a big scale as far as somebody doing like microprocessing and micro micro producing and if you, if you understand the dichotomy and the the distribution model that is used that is waste energy it wastes our fiat money you know it has no value basically time it gets to you that type of food is is really just something that's going to be recycled through the human consumption model and and people don't realize that they are the trash can now with industrial food. Oh, 100%. This is why it's so important, like like, like the chemicals, right? Like the way that they engineer these chemicals um, so uh -huh. that you get, you become like addicted literally to it. And, and it's course. like endorphins without that shit. Like I need my seed oils and my MSG or else my endorphins aren't running. Oh, um, a food is a drug. Uh, make no mistake about it. My father was a counselor for 25 years. He dealt with hardcore addictions. And uh, he was very good at what he did. And you look at food, it is no different than being a heroin addict, being a crack addict, being whatever it is, alcohol. There is an addiction going on with these chemicals that people absolutely do not understand. Yeah. And you can't hide There's always the they. Like we always like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. But it's, it truly is a they because there's boardrooms. Right. And then these yep. boardrooms, they sit executives and then those executives talk to their scientists. And like there's there's a there's a uh, logistical strategy. It's very, very calculated. What they do. And you see it in like, oh, everybody is beautiful. You got to have, you know, celebrate obesity <laughs> as the new healthy. Um, all these things are just to normalize it so that producers like such as ourselves, not only do we have to produce a quality product and bring it to market, we have to create our own market because people aren't seeing value in that. The average normie in your local community isn't seeing the value in that. You're you're selling to the remnant, and I'm all for selling to the remnant. But when you sell to the remnant, you have less people to buy your product, and then you have less less capital and less liquid to do you know what you need to do with. And as the squeeze happens as you know energy prices skyrocket this becomes even more critical and then you know you can't reach your target audience that's outside of your local jurisdiction so to me the real challenge that everyone needs to be focusing on now is engaging the local community and changing how people think so that they go well why do i go to the grocery store and spend 300 dollars every week on food i should probably put that back into my community and then it'll probably go longer and and taste better and actually give me nutrients right sure well and that's what i keep on telling everybody it's like okay i'm going to start bringing this to the i'm going to start using this this phrase is you really need to change your consumption model and what do i mean by that well your consumption model is how are you spending that money what what information are you allowing to go into your brain what are you filtering out and what are you consuming as far as nutrition? You need to look at all of those consumption models to be able to retarget and refocus to your local community first to see what you can change within that consumption model, be it information, 
big the value of your money and the value of your nutrition. And how you're going to do that is vertically in the, a good place to start. This is a vertical integration. Like I said last week, it is into the soil, into the grass, into your, into the cow or the bison or the fowl or the hog or whatever it is to the animal protein, to the producer, to the processor, to the supplier, to the market access that you're creating locally back into your, your human health and basically making it, you know, your own health initiative. And if people can start thinking about that and they can visualize that vertical integration of what you need to be looking at first, where's your touch point, where's your entry point, where's your on-ramp, you know, it makes it a lot more simple because it, it doesn't take long if you, if you kind of follow that path to where you're going, hey, man, I'm not spending as much money as I thought I was going to. I'm thinking different. My lifestyle is changing. I'm feeling better. I'm actually involved with this. This is something I want to really build around and I want to tell everybody about it. And that's what we're doing. You know, you're, you're way up North. I'm way down South, but we're doing the same thing. And we have to make people realize that this go big or go home bullshit that's been going on for the last half de uh, century here for 50 years, at least of going big or go home needs to go away. And the only way we're going to, feed the world is by feeding the strong individual that feeds his community. And, and people need to quit worrying about those slogans of the past that got us here within the industrial food complex, because there is a day you want to talk about taste buds. Let's go to rural DSM. DSM. They basically design every taste in the world right now, as far as fabricated taste to make things taste good and they've hijacked you know from our children to the uh, senior citizens they've hijacked everybody's taste bud that's the first introduction to a food that a lot of people uh have especially children and it's not a real food it's it, it's not a pure food it, it's basically a chemical well there's one of those they then we have the monsantos we have the cargills we have the seed companies and it goes on and on and on from there as far as the manipulation of the medical, pharmaceutical, agricultural complex. Sometimes they're the same company, sometimes they're the same corporation, they're just hidden with these shell companies. Yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very inside trading. <laughs> That's basically what they're doing, all, all of it, right? It's the same conglomerates that own all of the conglomerates. And then those conglomerates own each other. So it's, uh, it's a total circle jig in that world for sure. Yeah, it really is. Um, and then, you know, what they're doing is they, I, I put a post out there today. Um, it, it's about the biggest land grab that we've ever seen in the, in the history of, you know, basically in the history of man. And it's been going on for a couple of years, but people were finally starting to catch on that this is happening. And it was it was a it was a piece that was uh, put out by Children's Health Events uh, org, and it's called the largest global land grab in human history. And uh, there's an article there that people can read, and uh, it's it's pretty fascinating because they're of course they're going for the global warming, they're going for the climate, but it, you basically will be having equity in somebody's land that's been bought up by one of these shell companies, let's say by Bill Gates, and you'll be able to buy a tree and it'll have a Bill Gates tree and you'll get, you know, all the good carbon credits and everything. You'll become that good citizen 
and you will basically think that you're owning part of nature, but you're really not. You're just being trapped by the facade of you owning part of climate change. Instead, they're just covering up how they've destroyed basically nature with their chemicals. Yeah, they, and Wall they, Street's on board. They want to turn into their private stock market, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, they're going to, they own the future that way. They own, you know, from the soil up, they, they now control it. And that's one of the reasons they've been doing these big land grabs across the board from billionaires and all these idealistic bullshit stories that you hear about, oh, we're buying this ranch and we're going to make it this. No, they're really not. They're just, you know, it's just marketing and it's just, you know, propaganda. And people are going to go along with it and people are going along with it. You know, they're going to make freaking like we said before, they're going to make NFTs out of trees and, you know, they're going to they're going to use it in a way to where you're identified as, you know, a good consumer. You're now a good consumer, but you're consuming poison. And, you know, the idealistic mindset besides, you know, saving the, saving the planet is going to be exploited bigger than anybody's ever known. Yeah, it's, people say, what's your social credit score? It's more like, what's your social consumer score, right? Like, how, like are yeah. you a good consumer? Of course. And they'll be, you know, they'll be 200 pounds overweight, uh, pre-diabetic, heart disease and everything. But they're going to be sitting there saying, hey, I'm beautiful. Everything's beautiful. You know, that's I'm a part of the social engineering. Yeah, my carbon yeah. footprint is less and all this stuff. Yeah, it's 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 getting to be this disgusting charade of posturing and and it's kind of interesting because I think that there's certain groups of people, like I said, that are in these boardrooms and are making the, the, the thickening profits off of this stuff. It's like they know what they're doing and they just could give less of a shit. Like I bet you any money that the, the top executive at the Monsanto uh, buys his his meat from from a, from a farmer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, sure. I'm sure he knows what the hell is going on because like they're the ones doing it. Like I, it's just, it's, it's, I see the world where we're going, where we're heading into it. The one talked about by, by, you know, in the book, the sovereign individual, um, but on steroids, like it's not going to be, um, like, I think it's going to be very, like the gap is already starting to happen, but there's going to be so many that are going to have no choice. They're going to be very reliant on that system because of just the medications alone. They're, they're, they're going to need them to stay alive chemically. I think at a certain point. And that's that's what's so fascinating. They don't even, people don't even understand. Okay, they'll go out here and they'll they'll say climate change and everything. They'll say you know no more energy, but they're taking two prescriptions a day. I think seventy percent of Americans take two prescriptions a day at least. Well, basically Rockefeller, he you know he he established American Heart Association. You know he he found out that he could use all of his petroleum and turn it into chemicals and thus turn it into pharmaceuticals most pharmaceuticals you know petroleum is used to to make those pharmaceuticals the hypocrisy behind all of this climate change bullshit and around energy and around you know um what is pure and whole and what is healthy is is, is such i mean it is such a lie that people don't even know where to start with it and if you just study Rockefeller and how he basically manipulated health, pharmaceutical and medical with the ownership of petroleum and how he was able to create these mega corporations that to this day we are enslaved by, you know, people people might wake up, but they don't have the cognitive ability to even look at that anymore and look at it from a rational standpoint because they're actually because they are addicted either through the pharmaceuticals 
or they're addicted to the food. And that is something that is a delivery mechanism that, of course, makes them fat, lazy and stupid, ignorant. Their brains are inflamed because of the, the seed oils from the plastics, from the, you know, the pharmaceuticals themselves. I'm not for sure, but I don't know the percentage of how many people are now on anti-anxiety medicine in the United States of America. They had another report that came out saying, hey, you know, uh, it, it's a lot worse than people know, especially after the last two years. I'm like going, no shit, really? Okay, well, let's do a let's do a 48 hour bone broth fast and see if you can start thinking clearly. Then we can talk. But they people, you can't even get people that far. People are very incompetent now, too. Uh it, it, my, my, uh, my, my wife there, she basically is a manager at a retail store and, uh, uh-huh. he witnesses it firsthand. Like the amount of incompetency is incredible in people because there's not, um, there's not any, it, 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 there's no incentive, right? Like, why would you try? No. The incentives are the same if, if you don't try, like it's just, it's just a kind of a logical explanation for things you know it's really a like to me um the the solutions are i'm actually really bullish on on the west becoming the new second world because i think that's what's going to happen we can already see the corporate powers have spoken and their interests are now in the east and i think that's a good thing for the west personally I think we're going back to the second world in many ways. And I think that that's going to, it's only going to be bullish because you're going to have these closed sort of cities. I think cities will probably become closed at some point in the next decade. This is what I think is going to happen. And you're going to need to be able to have like your, your proper digital IDs and all of your, you know, state approved injections and whatever it is just to be able to enter into a city probably. And, Outside of that, the people that can sustain themselves, I think, will actually be thriving. They'll, they'll be doing incredible things. And the people inside of their, their bubbles won't be able to know about it because they won't have any access to information. It'll be like black market information kind of thing. You know, it's already, We're already seeing that, how information is becoming banned and prohibited and censored. And it'll be almost like a, a counterculture, right, where some people might try to escape and, and, get in and go and live that lifestyle. And I think that, yeah, it's only a matter of time before that's just the way of life. It's just the way of things because it's, it's just going to, it's, you know, like you can't, you can't, you can't eat and drink um, paper money when it doesn't mean anything anymore. And when they just stop having paper money and you don't have the right, you don't have, you don't have the right thoughts in your head. You don't have access to that, uh, those nutrients, whether they're false nutrients or not. And it's just going to, they're going to squeeze everyone. I think that that's, what's going to happen. No, I mean, it is happening. It's been, it, it has been happening. You know, like you said, your wife working in retail. Yeah, the world has changed. And if, but the, the change is so subtle that people just think it is the norm. You know, what in society, what we've done is we've rewarded mediocrity to a point where it is basically the lowest common denominator is now the standard in our society. And that it, if you question that, then, of course, you get shamed or, you know, censored or blackballed, whatever they do, you know, they do it every day. But until people are really to, willing to step up for that, they're, they're not going to have any changes. They'll just keep on going on with a herd mentality. By saying that and reflecting what you just said, this is the biggest opportunity I've ever seen in my lifetime to take advantage of what's going on. 
I mean, you can sit there and suck your thumb and, you know, eat your pizza pockets and your chicken tendies, or you can get up and you can actually say, hey, I'm going to change because there is opportunity here and it is is vast right now. We have to worry about things like you brought up early as, as far as logistics, logistics of your, your consumption model. You need to keep it closer to home. That's a dependency we need to, you know, switch. I'm doing it right now, you know, and I, I'm pretty confident that it's going to stay that way for a long period of time. And then we're going to be able to build layers upon layers on top of that model that is the new consumption model. So you're right. I mean, I think the West, uh, you know, I think the, I think United States, North America, Canada, even Mexico, you know, are going to be the change in ways that people don't understand. It's going to get ugly. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, if that's everybody who has free will and if they're going to choose to be, you know, in a gluttonous mentality within their lives, then then go go for it because you won't last. And that's unfortunate. You know, I'll pray for you. But this is not a game anymore. And we have to understand that without sound money, without sound food, without sound communications that are decentralized, you will not have sound health and you will not have a sound life. And once that starts coming and seeping into people's algorithms of their life, into the rhythms of thinking and the vibrations in which we all function on every day, you know, it will gain steam and it will become a new movement. It will become something that's bigger than what we see right now. And I just, you know, I talked to a rancher yesterday. He goes, it's amazing how many Bitcoiners understand ranchers and I'm starting to understand Bitcoiners. And he goes, I would never understood that they have such a cohesion of thought and decentralized way of thinking. And I was like, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're, brig we're bridging that gap to where we can all start working together. And it, it was a good conversation. It's like we're the real social justice warriors. You know, there's like this, all this woke <laughs> movement, wokeism of like, you know, be the change and all this stuff. And it, it all it really amounts to shilling for corporations, uh, the same corporations that just have a different face. And yeah. it's like, uh, this is actually being the change, being able to create a way of, a way of thriving and being like, no, no, no. Like we can have a, a society that flourishes and we can do it better than we're doing it right now. And to me, it goes, it means going back, right? Like, uh, this, the time period we're in right now, it has many benefits to it, obviously. And no one's, going to go back to the stone age. Oh, I don't think that that's where we're, we're trying to go, but I think that um, learning things from before we had all this infrastructure and how did society structure itself and how is, how is life lived? That's important because we can emulate those things now with much better technology and do it in a much better way. It's like, it's like going back to first principles, right? Like when, uh, when Uber mm -hmm. changed, taxi services or whatever they didn't just like change make a better taxi they just went right back to first principles stripped it down and did it with different technology and this is what we got to do with with money with food um with 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 just uh cooperation in general i think that the ability now to engage the community like what is everyone like everyone likes money right like no matter how addicted they are to um artificial food and stimulants right they, everyone still likes money and everyone's heard about crypto quote unquote and everyone's heard about um you know oh did you buy into crypto did you did you blah blah blah, blah. and most people i talk to think they missed out on bitcoin because to them it was oh 10 years ago it was worth nothing now it's worth fifty thousand, and all that missed out it's asymmetrical you can't that'll never happen again but i encourage people to realize that it's not it's not um 
it, we've just begun. We've barely just taken off. And that dollar value that measurement is just it. Um, a Bitcoin probably suffered from inflation too. So is it really worth that much right now? <laughs> probably not because like, those dollars are useful in the long run. Right. That, that's really the message. And I think that, um, yeah, it's now we can actually thrive and we have the technology now. It starts with the soil and it starts with the energy and then the two of them together. Um, it's, un, it's unstoppable. It really is. And that's what you, where you have to have the faith and you have to have that education uh, in time spent as far as looking at the big picture of, you know, what is sound money? What is what is a fake commodity? What is fake value stacked on top of those fake commodities and that fake money? And once you start kind of going down that rabbit hole, you're, you're able to kind of within your own individual self kind of look at it, you know, how, how, how do you use all of those, you know, all of the above. And, you know, everybody goes into, you know, I found my Bitcoin journey was, was definitely uh, multiplied by looking at food at the same time. And some people, you know, they look at money and they look at a different industry and it helps them. And if you can look at, you know, the, from the food to the money, to the health, whatever you do, you're, you're going to say, wow, this is a lie. And then, and you, it's kind of interesting because it does remind me of the early days of startups as far as, you know, the NFT, the crypto, the everything that's going on these days, you know, it, this is nothing new technology is just different and it will have the same effect and it'll have the same outcome as we'll have a big boom in the crypto. It will come crashing down. Once it crashes down, that's where in that black hole, it will go into Bitcoin and people will see that. And it's slow. It's a slow move. It's a slow roll, but that's okay because that's, you know, that foundation is getting more set. It's getting more hardened and more, you know, strong for the future to where people will have that confidence that they can build on top of this Bitcoin protocol that all of us kind of understand at this point in time. And this Bitcoin protocol is something that anyone uses and can use, right? And and this is the thing where there's a lot of FUD lately about, and it's not it's not FUD with no reason. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they're, they're, these are good points being brought up in the Bitcoin, um, you know, talks. It's the fact that the government seems to be co-opting things more and more KYC, more and more surveillance. You got Coinbase blocking UTXOs. You got like all these different things. It's like seeming like some people have argued that Bitcoin's not fungible anymore and all these things. And I, I, I would say to that 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 is all there. But if 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 Bitcoiners and people that want to be free, not just Bitcoiners, like I kind of hate that expression. It sounds so like um, like I don't know, like fan clubby okay. or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. culture your family, like just kind of empty term. But I think that uh, freedom-minded people, people that care about uh, having you know, access to, you know, their God-given rights, I think that those kind of people, uh -huh. if, if, if they use Bitcoin the way it's meant to be used, it doesn't matter. None of that shit matters because, like, that's like that's that's those people over there also using Bitcoin. Like, that's great. You know, and that's that's the beauty of the whole thing is like you're going to have every single nation state, every single sovereign group around the world using this as their event, their final settlement of value. So whether that nation state blocks their citizens from ever accessing Bitcoin or not is relevant or tracks and traces everything they do is irrelevant. They're still at the end of the day going to settle their value on 
on those, those UTX hosts. So they will always be fungible for that reason. There will never be black market Bitcoin because what it is will always be this store of value. And there'll probably be a whole bunch of Bitcoin that's totally like trapped inside of their system, sort of speak through like surveillance. And you might as well call it FedCoin maybe, but it's still Bitcoin at the end of the day. And, and it's all going to be infinity divided by you know 21 million michael i see you in the audience bro this is, this is that I'm, I'm speaking to you bro but 100 percent, like i think that this is where this is where this goes it's like um it, we just have to build communities that function and thrive on this on this framework like that that's that's the key thing here is 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 building on that yeah it really is and it takes a lot for people to even you know the the capacity to be able to understand that it takes a while and we have to look how technology has always been introduced and how technology has been adopted, how it's been fudded, how it's been abused, how it's been corrupted. And you can, you can look at it even form of technology throughout the history of time. It's gone through the same sequence of events and being this new because it is new in the big picture of things, you know, it, 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 it takes time and that's how it should be. It, you should have, you know, the propaganda, you should have the FUD, you should have the ignorance and the test of, of what Bitcoin goes through. And by that, it evolves into something that, you know, is not exactly what we thought in the beginning, but it is going to be the base layer value of a lot of people's lives in ways they do not understand. And especially with food, because you're able to decentralize your consumption model in ways that allows you that empowerment to be able to get that nutrition. And that's why we're just starting, you know, with, with the beef initiative of pure animal protein. Let's combine them together. Let's see what we can do. Let's kind of build some layers on top of transactional value or just a new store of value for a rancher that's having to rely on the USDA insurance policy every 13 months to break even, you know, and that's something right there that they can leverage to this day, that's going to help them just a little bit more to get away from that USDA insurance policy. Maybe they don't want to be under the bear umbrella anymore. Maybe they do want to go ahead and start from the soil, you know, into the grass, into their cow again. And then therefore they can be the producer. And you know what, in the state of Texas, we're getting processing centers starting left and right to where those producers can start using different processing centers. Well, it's a decentralized way of thinking and they're thinking, well, maybe I can use this protocol to, to help me get there. Yeah, processing centers, they're not widely available um, here. We're actually extremely blessed to be able to have a processing facility, <clears throat> but they're rare and there's usually long wait times to get into them. Um, I think sure. liquidity is the problem with that, right? It all comes down to what's your audience? How big are you? It's the go big, go home. They still have all of the levers are still theirs on the industry and scaling mm -hmm. that out takes liquidity. And this is where for me, um, we've kind of just settled on mining. Like I think mining is going to be the ability to, to hedge against whatever, right? Because it, we don't have to have a huge market. We don't have to rely on the market. We can just always, um, if we can, if we can harness energy, we can, we can create liquidity. And then with that liquidity, the rest comes. And, and that's what allows us to really hedge this out. Cause I think it is like, you know, an eight to 15 year cycle, like we're looking at probably. 
it might be shorter, but the shorter it is, the more hectic and hellish it's going to be, right? So we don't want it too long. We don't want it too short, really, in the perfect world, the transition. But I think that being able to build energy is, is going to become more important than food. If you look at the structure of any society, you need fire over food. Like you can, you can survive on food, but you can't thrive without fire. You need fire. So right. energy being this even more core principle to a functioning society, and just being able to build out on that because that's how you get the community incentivized, right? Because then, then you're able to go to the community and be like, well, instead of what are you going to put your money into to hedge against inflation right now? You know, there's not very many options and you're probably bouncing off of every paycheck as it is. So if you can put a hundred bucks or something into hash rate, now you can, you can, uh, that's basically investing in UBI. Essentially, you're going to, you're always going to have income from that hash rate and, and being able to get the community involved in mining that way is a way to put, put capital in everyone's pocket. And then when everyone has liquidity, then everyone can be an investor. And then everyone can invest within their community. And then it becomes valuable um, to go and buy all of your food from a local producer versus going to the grocery store and then buying a few items that are local. It, the whole thing becomes reversed because then you become a part of that participating economy. And most people, if they have any liquidity, will be able to um, contribute to that economy, right? Because they they're incentivized. This is just free market capitalism. This is the concept of why it's a thrival model versus uh, a survival model, which was what, you know, I would call what they're trying to do, stakeholder capitalism or whatever the hell they want to call it, but it's essentially just totalitarian automation. That's what they want. And this is, you know, this is the opposite of that. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's the new frontier. It, it's the new West. Um, and who else and that's how i always look at it who else would i want to basically be educated at this point in time with bitcoin and the protocol itself and just the ethos of bitcoin well it's those guys that actually helped establish the west within their legacy of their genetics of their legacy of their family you know and that's in to me it's you know texas ranching and you know the the way that they are they think um the way that they've had to survive the corruption and the manipulation that they face every day they know how to work around they know how to work around drought they know how to work around grade prices they know how to work around bullshit regulations that makes them use processing centers that are you know global corporations instead of the local processing and regional processing centers that got us here so there, there's so much there that's symbiotic with what you know, both sides of this coin are trying to do as far as pure animal protein and sound money. So that's the fun part of it. And, you know, we, we, we're all, you know, we're all creating, we're all uh, innovating in certain ways with uh, either education, communication or hands-on, you know, producing and supplying. Yeah. I think, I, I think you're onto something there. I would, I would go back even further and say that um, before Texas ranching, it was the Buffalo and the Buffalo used of to roll. You know, and oh, I think that that's the prime example to tell you the truth, especially even where I am in the Texas panhandle. You know, we used to have a, how many millions of creatures, you know, walking over the Great Plains and regrowing the soil. That's how it survived for thousands of years. That yeah, and it, was, and, it, and it was and it was and it held in a perfect balance too, right? Like the way that um, communities fed themselves then wasn't they didn't extract that value, right? 
it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't like extracted from the earth and from the land. It was it was just a part of it. <clears throat> they were able to you know align themselves with with what was happening around them, and I think that ultimately where something went we would see in a thriving society would be like a, a market hunting model. I think with giant roaming herds of megafauna, I think combining hunting knowledge with ranching knowledge, you know, and traditional knowledge is like ultimately the, where we want to procure our, our animal protein. I think that that's the natural state of things. Well, it has to be. And, you know, the people that actually champion anything that is, you know, comes from the chemical industry you know that there's an agenda there beyond you know nutrition and protein and you, you can't even give them any i can't even give them a say anymore because their their arguments are they don't fit my local community so i'm not going to worry about what they're saying because the only way i'm going to live move, moving forward is through the hyper localization of my community and to spread that word in ways that people can emulate and they can they can scale at their own <clears throat> their own abilities within their lo local communities i think that's what we're all trying to do is you know as far as quote unquote bitcoiners and anything else to me anymore is a wasted argument this is me personally speaking because i have proof of work now i've done it all i'm living very good i'd have enough protein for the next two years from either owning cattle or bake one's going to be on uh in harvest within two weeks right now i've i've helped feed my family and i've helped feed three of my friends and here we go you know and that's what i'm more concerned about i'm not concerned about what the globalists are trying to do i'm not i'm not worried about what the chemical companies are trying to do because within the processing models in the state of texas within the market access of the state of texas with everything that gets you to that human health initiative that we're all searching for, we've got it covered now. And it's a slow roll. It's something that's it's not everybody can introduce into their local communities. But once we get this sound, you know, vertical integration going, people will be able to look and say, hey, I'm here in Kansas. I'm here in Canada. I'm here here. This is what I have. I'm going to follow this vertical integration as much as I can. It's not a one size fits all. It's going to be different for each individual and different for each community. Either it be animal protein based on beef, bison, fowl, whatever it is, oysters, seafood, whatever it is, this is going to happen. And it is. In the beginning, it will be a short, um, uh, a small amount of people that are doing this, but it only takes 3% to really get going. Yeah, then it's uh, the slingshot effect. Slowly at first, then suddenly, they say, right? Uh, welcome to the, welcome to the stage, Michael. I uh, figured you'd have some input on this. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you can't talk. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? What's up? Yeah. I'm, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Cool. Yeah. So I'm just listening in. I don't really have much to say. Um, maybe I could start rambling, and something will come out. But. As far as what what Texas Slim just said, it sounds like it's like, hey, man, let me block out all the noise. Let me tap into my own sovereignty. I'm not going to worry about what, what's happening in the rest of the world. I'm going to focus on getting back in touch with the land and the soil and the and focusing on, you know, on producing um, beef. Right. 
and building a community uh, on a system that is an even level playing field that allows us to operate on an in an honest way and using that i'm going to jump off of that and start uh helping ranchers and and people recognize that we need to become more self-sufficient and not dependent on these big um these big companies or centralized processing plants and stuff like that is that like a good summary of what i'm hearing yeah, 100%, bro. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, the, each individual has to say, how am I going to source my next meal? Is it going to be Taco Bell? Is it going to be Chick-fil-A? What is it going to be? And if you can't answer that question as far as you don't even have to worry about that anymore, then that's where you need to start. You start with your individual self. And then it has to it has to go out. You can't solve the world's problems. We've all been duped into thinking that we have to think on a global. Can one person on this call tell me what's going on in the world right now with validity? That's actually true. No, the propaganda is is crazy. Nobody knows what Russian in in the Ukraine truly is. What that is basically is a distraction. But within our individual sovereignty, whenever you're not worried and stressed about food, you're able to think on a different high, uh, higher uh, playing ground than anybody else around you because what they're doing is they're focusing on the global distractions. You're not going to win your personal war as far as your legacy, as far as your family and yourself by worrying about the distractions that the propaganda machine presents to us. And that propaganda machine is also our food supply. And just today, New York Post, if you eat too much red meat, you're going to get infertile, man. You're not going to be able to make babies. You know, the propaganda is vast. I laugh at stuff like that because people pay attention to it. I'm not going to pay attention to it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure my damn good, one of my good friends has got my cow ready for harvest in two weeks. And then within a month, I'll have another cow that I can distribute within my local community with my family and my friends until I get that system down to where I can rely on it within the system that we have to operate right now, then, you know, I'm going to be pretty comfortable and I'm going to innovate around these distractions. And that's what we all have to do as Bitcoiners because, you know, this is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're first pr principles, our lives again, and in getting people to understand that, that that's okay. That it, that is a new mindset. That is a new consumption model you need to pursue. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do it one lamb at a time. We're gonna do it one cow at a time. We're gonna do it one bison at a time. One family at a time. One individual at a time. And, and if people choose to kind of own that as far as responsibility, then this is how change happens. It doesn't happen through a global understanding of all the crap that people think that's going on in this world because we don't know exactly. We know a lot of us, you know, have some good intelligence of knowing what's going on, but the general public really doesn't. They're, you know, they're interface surface level living, you know, they're, they're the digital surfs, you know, of the world that got us here. And so those are the normies that don't really care about their consumption models. So I'm not going to worry about them anymore. They can come along at any time and uh, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be based and we'll have something that they can tangibly look at and say, this is proof of work. I want to, I want to try to live this lifestyle now.
Yeah, I have a bit of a, I want to cast a broader net. I, I agree with you on that. Those are the people that matter. Um, but to me, the change um, is going to happen from like, you know, yeah, it's the remnant, but it's the remnant that moves the rest. And then when the rest move, then the change is fully circled. It's gone, right? And then, then there's another another cycle and another remnant and so on and so forth. But it's it. I I want to I want to uh, I want that that net to spread, and I want to pull the masses into it. <clears throat> and this could be controversial, uh, especially among amongst Bitcoiners. But I, I think that it's important because we have to have a better model, you know. And that better model has to like stand clear and shine bright. <laughs> And it has to like, uh, it has to be an upside that's tangible to people, no matter what their political views are, because that's how you crush all that shit anyway, right? Because it's all fake. And if it, from a first principles perspective, that's the only way to ever do it is to create a small, tiny circle of people that are thriving on a model like that, and then build the mechanisms that can pull people into it and they can all thrive. Right. And like to me, it all just, yeah, Bitcoin mining is the most powerful point of all of this because the energy and the heat, like you're now you're for sure guaranteeing your community has energy and you're monetizing that energy. So it's going to probably come from alternate sources to begin with, just to become, you know, zero cost energy. Essentially, you want you want to have the, the cheapest possible. If it's zero cost, like that's your ultimate dream. Right. But no energy is really free, but like the cheapest you can possibly get. There's so much of it that's wasted in your community right now. I guarantee you, everybody has it. And in some way, shape, or form, and if you sat there and thought about it for long enough, you'd, you'd see where it's lost. And then extracting all of that, harnessing it all, and like engaging the community to the upside of that harnessing, it just, now you have a surplus of energy. Now you're, you're hedging against the rising energy costs. So you're able to like send that back to the community if it's not you know being used for mining. Now you just have access to that energy that wasn't there before. And on top of that, the liquidity, it's its just a perfect scenario because now you have heat. You can, in a northern climate like like, uh, like us in Canada, now we can grow vegetables and fruit trees and stuff, and we can do it all year-round, right? Because we can control the climate because we have the energy. It's, uh, yeah, like there's, there's it's, a, it's a full thing. This is what I mean about using Bitcoin the way it's meant to be and not just like having a, you know, an account on Coinbase being like actually building it from the ground up and having the whole thing. Everyone should be running nodes. Everyone should be mining. Everyone should be involved in the process because there is upside to the process, right? Especially when you're scaling things out, the people become the bank and that's, and that's a win-win. Yeah. I like that last phrase becoming your own bank and whatever to use ranchers as an example, when they understand that they can be their own bank, let's say you have a rancher in Tennessee that has blow off now and he's mining and he's putting it back into the value of his cow and to his soil and everything. And he says, I don't need that bank anymore. You know, that will be, you know, something, a form of adoption. And it is, it's bringing that energy transfer into, you know, monetary value, sound money into sound food, into a sound life. It, it'll happen. I mean, it's gradually, gradually, then suddenly, and, you know, when I say, you know, right now, that's what I'm worried about because I have to worry about my community now, but that's going to be a replicatable model based on a lot of things of what you just said. And that's where you have to have that faith and that have that confidence that, you know, this is, this is very, you know, this is the pathway and it's really the only pathway forward. And, you know, I, I'm starting to look into the energy model as well, as far as mining 
And, you know, I've got some connections in Tennessee. I've got some connections, you know, across the United States that are looking at that. I live in a part of Texas where natural gas is huge. And so those, you know, those discussions are going off because there's a lot of, you know, gas wells that are not being used right now because they, they don't have access to that market. And so the discussions are you become your own market now and you can do this. And once again, here's the education that is required for that. Yeah, it's an information warfare. That's uh, that's the one we're fighting, brother. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you have anything else uh, you want to really get into, but this has been a pretty good episode. I think we can probably wrap it up yeah. here. Yeah, I think this is good. I mean, they're going to, they'll grow over time, you know, and um, maybe next week we can kind of give an outline and kind of you and I discuss before we get onto this and kind of framework it out a little bit to where we can have a, a good series that that evolves. But I think the last two, this one and the one last week were spot on. Yeah, I'm going to release them together. That's kind of what I've been building because I'm going to just hold it on and uh, I think we're going to release them as one after another part one and then they'll be just next to each other on the list perfect sounds yeah. like a plan let's do a series though like uh like just uh send me a send me a message there on signal and then we'll get into the uh the frameworks and stuff like that we should definitely have maybe okay we'll do it. yeah i'll do it this weekend and uh we'll go from there yeah brother well thank you for uh thank you for chatting have a good day Hey, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, bud. Bye-bye. Take care, guys. Bye.